the team USA A team versus the select team or whatever, the B team. Sure, sure. I don't know. I don't know exactly how we're labeling everything, but basically um, for the select team, we had J-Dub in the starting lineup and Chet coming off the bench. Sure. Um, there was a scrimmage. The select team beat the A team. This is something that happens pretty regularly in the warm-up for international competition. We want to have the select team come out there and give the team a run. Um, there's a lot to like about what we saw. Cade Cunningham had his best basketball that we've seen since probably his time at Oklahoma State. Um, sure. He's he healthy. Like, makes, he, makes it all worth it. Right. He looks really good. Um, J-Dub, we saw some really good minutes from him. We saw some nice things from Chet. Um, and then on and the uh, 18th. Corey. What's up, Corey? Wani. Wani. Jared. Man, you guys Jared. all pop on fast. <laughs> so um, I saw Chip England sitting one seat away from Jeff Van Gundy on the sideline. Hmm. So nice to see some basketball lines hanging Al out. Sombra. What's up, buddy? Um, what did I think? You know what I thought, bro? I thought hmm. J-Dub looked really nice, although he looked a little bit like he did in the Rising Stars game where he just didn't want to go out and like try to do too much. And on the flip side, bro, to spice things up, Ant looked like exactly the player we thought he was. He looks like a short Carmelo Anthony who all he wants to do is dribble into his shot. He wants to put the ball on the floor 7 to 12 times before he shoots. He's a ball stopper on offense, and he doesn't really play defense. So he's elite at one thing, which is scoring, and he can only guard one position. And after that, he's pretty much worthless. So it's like if you're a 2 or a 3, get Ant to switch on you and take him. If bro. you're anything – Get Ant on you. And then defensively, if you're guarding Ant, what do you want him to do, bro? You want him to dribble. You want him to dribble. You want him to dribble. Like what he likes to do, man. And I shouldn't say Carmelo. We, we, listen. Because Carmelo is good at international competition. Ant looks like, honestly, he looks like the team that came before the redeemed team. He mm. looks like the best player on the worst team that the USA team has ever put out before. I just I I look at Ant and and with all due respect to Ant and the fact that he averaged uh, an enormous amount of points last season. Um, I go back to efficiency is king. And last year, Ant had like the second most shots out of anybody in the NBA. You know, and I, to me, like, as much as you want to say that that shouldn't really necessarily matter if you're putting up 30 points a game, it, it does. You know, like, we, we, we're... We're past that Kobe era. We're past that Carmelo era. We're past that that Dwayne Wade era where these guys would just take the ball and shoot it 30 times a game, 25 times a game. Like, look at, like, we go back to Shea. He shot 20 times a game last season, right? That's three-pointers included and everything else like that. Like, like any average 30 points a game. That's why it's so crucial. It's so important that we say that these guys – that we're putting up there that they can go and average 20 points a game off of 15 shots. You know, like this shouldn't be like weird knowledge. And like, and I, I go and I keep on going back to this and like Shay is so unique that he is teaching J-Dub how to be a professional athlete and say what you want. If you're a gambling person, betting person, right. And you're betting for the Super Bowl winner or you're betting for the NBA championship, or who's going to win in the NBL, and you're you're doing a bet beforehand, right? Like, you know, ten thousand to one, the Oklahoma City Thunder win this next year, type thing. You know what I'm saying? You're like, all right, you know, I'll put a hundred bucks down on that. Why not? You know, um, I look at this and 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 I say like, the fact is, is that 
with somebody like Shay, right? And the fact that he's teaching J-Dub, my money is on J-Dub's career over Ant. And, and, and when you say, dude, come on, we're, you know, Ant is such a better player at this moment in his career. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like comparing a tomato and a potato right now. Like, you really can't. Like, you know, like, uh, that's it. I mean, like, I, I look at J-Dub and I say, you know, 14 points a game doesn't compare, compare to pretty much double and some change to what um, Ant does. Well, and put up but like you put Ant in the system and his $260 million contract, now we're stifled on, on money. We can't do much, right? Now we, ha- we don't have the longevity that we have with, with J-Dub fitting the system. And it puts us in a win now situation. And that's why I'll go back and I'll say it a hundred times. I will never, ever even consider a straight up trade for Ant for J-Dub ever because there's, it never makes sense. So we can go back and we can keep on talking about this or that. But I I go back to Shea's 1,381 shots in 68 games, averaging 20 shots a game. Okay. That right there is more valuable than having somebody that takes the second most shots in the NBA and averages what thirty something points a game. Hey, who, I think who he averaged twenty four, bro. Nah, hold on, I, it wasn't you know as good as it wasn't as good. He he averaged thirty this against is, this the is, Nuggets. This is for Jay. This is for Jay. Um, Listen, I love here, Jay, man. Here's what I want to say as you look that up, Jared. I agree with what you're saying. Um, Iso Ball died when the Spurs won five, and the Warriors won four. Um, here's the deal. Yeah, thirty one point six points a game. Really? Yeah, thirty one point six points a game. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. That's playoffs. That's what I was, <laughs> like, I was like. I swear, I looked it up and it wasn't that high. But... You're right. 24.6. 31.6 in the two games that he played in the postseason. All right. Or whatever. Two yeah, games I, before. I had the series against the Nuggets. Thank you. 24.6. I'm sorry. You know what? So, that this I, I thought for forever because I kept on looking at postseason. So that's even even more shameful on me. Horrible, David. Um, But now I look at that. And to me, like, is, you, is there... There's no way, in my my opinion, that J Dub doesn't pass that 25 point mark a game before his next contract. And if you right. think about that, like that's just, I mean, just shows you the value right there. Like again, so, looking at looking at uh, Ant in the last, you know, what was it four six six games of his season? Um, the season, you know, I thought he was doing a lot more than 24.6. So yeah, that's that's, that's disappointing to me because like players play, it shows I'm, I'm, you what wankers the uh, Minnesota fans are. It, like what happens when we play the Timberwolves is teams, they usually play better against us. The Timberwolves, for some reason, going back to the Wiggins days and all those things, they just t- seem to play better against us. So, like, yeah, if you're going like I do, I only watch the Thunder games. So if I'm only going on the Thunder games and it's like Anson, complete monster, but the rest of the league doesn't fear him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. First of all, second of all, back to what Jared is saying. I like it. Let's if do you it. look at like those nine championships you're referencing, Jared, how many of those were Steve, was Steve Kerr a part of? I would say six or seven. Uh, I mean, the Spurs, he was part of what, two or three. Right. So, and so here's so, the thing, then, right? yeah. Who's the head coach of the select team? No, that's like the, the men's team, the number one team, Steve Kerr. Yeah. You're telling me Steve Kerr wants Ant out there dribbling the ball into nothing, bro? Just deflating the ball, boom, 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 and then shooting deep threes off the dribble. Like there's seven seconds left on the clock. Ant's just going to pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, shoot. Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, shoot. Yeah. Like, you're telling me that Steve Kerr, who usually has Steph Curry on his team, is like, yeah, Ant, just go do that. Just just go jack that shot up, Ant. That's what we want. 
That's how we're going to win a fucking gold medal. And did you just, you just go do you, Ant? Hell no. He's sitting there and he's pissed. You ever seen him break the fucking, um, the, the marker the board yeah. with Steph because Steph took a really deep shot. You ever see him react to Steph hitting the three where he went behind the back, between the legs, danced through everything. And then like, without even really getting eye contact with the rim, jumps up and shoots and knocks it down. And what does Steve Kerr do? Does he acts pissed? Yeah. He's like, we're not going to win a championship with him shooting those types of shots, which is true. But that's a regular season game. Now, Steve Kerr is coaching for FIBA gold. There is mm. no regular season game. It's all playoffs. You've yeah. got to figure out how to get Ant to play playoff basketball. And look, we've we've criticized Cade plenty of times on this podcast because yeah. people put him up, uh, up against Shea. And it really wasn't fair to Cade. But they did. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you right now. I would take Cade as my point guard. Any day over Ant. Sure. Oh, yeah, dude. I would pick uh, Cade over Ant, like, eyes closed, blindfolded. I mean, dude, it wouldn't matter, dude. That select team has more talent and is a better team. Now, they're younger. They're going to take a little bit longer, but they have a much higher ceiling than that. Like, that, you're talking about um, JJJ and, like, you're talking about um, a bunch of guys out there that, like, oh, yeah, on paper, they should make a really good team. Sure. But, dude. If I was Steve Kerr, I would be pissed about this team selection. I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Are you trying to make it so we need another redeem team? Because that's what this team looks like. Well, still, I want to see what they can do. But if the select team is proving to beat them time and time again, then, you know, Coach Kerr is not going to allow it. Like, he has power of that roster more than he'll actually admit to. Just as straight up as up. If really? he's like, if he's like, Cade, J-Dub, and Chet need to be on this team, and I don't want blank, 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 blank. They're going to take those guys off. They're going to put those guys in, and it's just going to be like that. Like it could be any combination of those select guys that end up being on the the the, the big team, and I'm okay with that. We've seen it happen in the past where uh, um, Coach K, uh, I don't remember who it was, but you know, everybody thought he was a lock. I think it might have been Isaiah Thomas or something. I don't know. I, this has been so long, but everybody thought he was a lock, and then all of a sudden, like he didn't get in. And then he ended up getting in because of an injury, you know? And it was just like, well, I mean, if nobody else is going to play. <laughs> you know? And I, I just, to me, like, I, I look back and it's just, I don't know, like, it is what it is, man, with FIBA. But I wanted to see a young core of FIBA. I wanted to see Cade Cunningham. I wanted to see, you know, all these young guys, J-Dub, Chet, um, anybody else like that, because the reality is, is that this NBA is changing. It's not the same, you know, and in five years, in, you know, six years, it's going to be all these guys that are on this select team that are going to be on that team because they're going to outplay everybody else. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to see these young players playing, um, you know, just like Josh Giddey's going to be playing and, and um, Shea and Dort, you know what I'm saying? These guys are going to be taking serious minutes. I want our guys, young young American um, players playing. And, and yes, we have some of those guys like Ant is 21. But the reality, though, is that none of these guys are going to be on the team in five, six years. There's just not. There's none of these guys. A couple, maybe. like Halliburton. Okay, all right. Yes, there'll be a couple. There'll be a couple that will be like, all right, those guys surprised everybody. But the rest of you them, know what I like? it's going a to be of guys, swept clean, bro. A couple of guys on this on the A team um, – I think they were both on the Trey Murphy and Herb Jones. Um, both of those guys, I think, could develop into the type of um, 3 and D multi-dimensional players that you could fill out a roster with. But, like, you go back to when Katie and Russ 
Steph, Harden, Kevin Love, Lamar. I know it's a young team, bro. Right, and they re- they started again. They pushed reset, and when they pushed reset, they went straight young, and it was so nice. And the amount of like excitement that was behind that team, like this team cannot get close. People are excited because it's like, oh yeah, but there is an issue. I mean, the the whole COVID um, reshuffling the schedule. Like next year is the Olympics, so yeah. I understand why a lot of like U.S. players are sitting out this year. But in the end, they should have gone younger. They should have gone for these young team players that can. Um, really help fill out the roster in the future. But instead, it's like, it's these guys' time now. Like, I just can't imagine a future where the team looks like um, what it does now. I think it needs to look a lot more like the select team because the ball moves better. You have guys who understand the modern game. Like, no matter what, if your team is limited by Ant being your point guard, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, you're, you have a ceiling. Yeah. You're, I mean, and your ceiling is he's not a, even playing a point guard role. That I mean, he's a he's a shooting guard. You know, like he plays the point guard. But the problem is, is that that's the when when you bring down the ball and you put it in Ann's hands, the ball doesn't leave Ann's hands. So essentially, he takes over that point guard role. And again, that's why when we're talking about systems and we're talking about Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're saying I'd rather this player over this player, this player over this player, it's because it's the system that works for each of these players. You know, it's like with, the opposite of Curry, bro. Yeah, like, like Curry can just, play like he's a point physical. Guard. Like, and when he's off, he's off. Yeah, he can. Pu- Curry can push the ball, initiate the offense, and then slide over into the two, like the shooting guard role within the offense. Right. Yeah, but but, and, but look at J Dub. Let's just, and it's let's like just, the two guard that as soon as the ball gets in the half court, he turns into the point guard. Yeah, but and then let, just let's shoots. look at J Dub though. Let's look at J Dub. All right, and let's just say like J Dub being able to play the defense, he's able to play already. Right. Jada being able to be efficient on 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 bas- you know, um, with the basketball in his hands as far as shooting, you know, super efficient. Ten shots a game, fourteen points a game, seventy-five games. I mean, that's a pretty phenomenal stat. Um, so you know that he's efficient. You know that he can do all these other things, and that's where I, I keep going back to is that like, if you look inside the offense, right? Um, the ISO basketball is, is changing. There, there is no. And this is Jared brought this up, but. Um, there, ISO basketball, in my opinion, has been changing very seriously ever since, uh, I want to say about three years ago is when I first started change, um, noticing that the Oklahoma City Thunder weren't about drafting or picking some of these ISO basketball players that are so unique and so good, you know? And I was just like, why Why aren't we going some over some of these ISO players? And the second I started figuring out, it was about a team, it was about a system, Right. And you start thinking about players that that get drafted, and whether it doesn't matter what sport it is, but everybody's like that player would never be really good. And then all of a sudden, you hear about the triangle offense, you know, and that player becomes the world's best player, maybe ever, you know. And then you start noticing that some of these players that that people don't think were going to be very good end up becoming truly spectacular. And it's because of the system. I think about Tom Brady. You know, my, my granddad, who's a dumbass, says to me, he says, Tom Brady, Tom Brady isn't a good quarterback. He's a great systems quarterback. That's it. That's it. He'll be known as a good systems quarterback the rest of his life. That's it. That's it. I don't want to hear anything else. You know, and, and anybody that wins as many as Tom has won, right? I think it's like seven, right? Or eight, whatever it is. It doesn't even matter anymore. I think it's seven, but who knows? But, but like... Is because the Giants took two away and the Eagles took two away. Yeah, it's seven or one away. The Eagles took one away. So 
I, I look at that man and, and I keep going back to it and I keep thinking like when a great player goes into a great system, there is no player that would be good substitute. You know, like you could say, listen, like, let's just say Bronny James is the second coming LeBron James. It just, you know, let's just kick shits and giggles, you know, and you're saying, oh man, I would love to have that player inside of our system. And you're like looking at it, like, how would he fit though? You know, like, and that's what I keep going back to over and over again. I want to see players in the system that fit because it makes a system look so powerful. And, and some of these players that are learning how to fit like Trey Mann still, right? Like if they figure it out, they're going to be incredible, incredible assets. Like they could average a lot of points a game. As simple as that. But it's all about figuring out the system. J-Dub figured it out in what, like 15, 20 games? You know, like that's what I'm saying. Is there some players like J-Dub that sit there and it clicks? I don't think that Ant could come and um, play on this team and average 25 points a game. Because we wouldn't give him as many shots as he needs in order to average 25 points a game. He just wouldn't, you know, and, and, and that's where it comes back down to is that I look at J-Dub. He could average 21 points a game off of 15 shots next year, you know, and how can you say to me that is less valuable than somebody that is scoring 24.6 game points a game off of 24 shots a game? <laughs> and like, I get it. I get it. He plays in Minnesota. So Minnesota fans are always going to say, yes, 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 yes. And I can, I can understand the same thing about Victor. Um, um, whatever. Whatever. Right? I can get that from San Antonio people. Like, oh, well, this is what we would rather. Right? But if you're saying to me that I can have a 30-point player that's seven foot four, right, who can score 30 points a game, okay, that can play what I would consider decent defense, even though we don't know how good of defense he's going to be able to play, or would I rather have a player that can average 20 points a game, average, you know, 15 rebounds, and average five blocks a game that fits into our system properly? And it's without blinking, I would say Chet, because he fits our system. He's going to fit in well. He's going to play that system exactly the way we need to. And by the time he's done and he's averaging 20 points a game and he's becoming a vet, right? Like, people are going to look at it and be like, wow, Victor can score out of this world, but Look at what Chet can do. That's MVP numbers. Scoring out of this world, MVP numbers. And we can talk about every single player down the line of, of, of who Sam Presti has drafted and how they would fit into the system or how they wouldn't fit in the system if we drafted somebody else. And I, it keeps going back to it, man. Like We're picking players that have the idea of understanding that it takes a special player to have professional habits. And if you can find those players that are okay with having professional habit, habits, then guess what? You have a potential star there. And that's it. There's nothing that should be weird about that or um, odd about that. It's just the way it is, man. If you have that special talent and you have a place that you could go and that you can sit there and you can learn how to use that, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they sit there and they teach these guys so damn well. I mean, so damn well. Josh, like... Anywhere else, Josh Giddy right now is a phenomenal point guard, right? If he's playing for Orlando, he looks good, right? But we put him in Oklahoma City. I think it was Jay that said that he shot 50% um, with layups, right? If he uh, contested layups, if he learns 
to get through that, which I know he can, and he can get that up to 60 this year, right? You know, like that's a few extra points a game. You know, if he learns to get that contact call, which I know he's going to do, man. Everybody's talking like they're not going to get, you know, young players calls. You know why they're going to start giving young players calls is because they're going to recognize the NBA is changing. These are the young guys that are going to be here for the next decade, you know, and it's not like this was, you know, where LeBron James comes in and for the next 20 years, he dominated the NBA, you know, like, like this is what it is for the entire, you know, cycle of young players coming up now is everybody knows these guys are going to be here for a while. Why? Because we all understand that taking care of your players now at a better level than we did in the nineties and the early two thousands. You know, we're not going to put LeBron James out if we had him on our team for, you know, 40 minutes a game, you know, 44 minutes a game. You know, we're not going to do that for an entire three, four seasons. That's not how we roll. You know, like we're not going to expect Shea to have an insane amount of minutes every single game. I mean, he might at one point or twice in his career while he's playing and we have an incredible opportunity to break records and all that shit. Like I could see him playing 40 minutes a game. One or two seasons in his career. But I don't think we'll ever expect that out of him. And because of that, we'll be able to see Shea for 15 years if he decides to stay here. That's what's fun, man. Mm -hmm. So what's up, Eclipse? What up, Unk? Um, Unk, Unk, Unk. Jared, back to you again. He says he's Team USA all the way. But what do you think about Canadian team? team? Look, generally speaking, in every one of these events, I thought, yeah, go USA kind of vibes. But... I mean, here's what I'd say. That team, Team USA, does not cut it. It's going to be Team Canada, Team Australia, or another team that wins this one. All right. Sorry. They just don't have it. Team USA, like, you go Ant and Brandon Ingram are your two best players. No. I want I want to say this is that I, I still think that Team USA has an opportunity to do some damage, um, but I do expect um, depending they're, on they're the seating. Bronze, it's all bro. about seating, man. It's all about they're seating and all that other stuff. And and who's who's decides to come out and play because um, you know Australia has a, uh, a really tough schedule. So I look at it like this: if, if, if we end up being in the same side as you know both Australia and um, um, Canada, then we're, we're not going to even play for a third-place game. But if those two teams get separated, and I think there's another couple teams that I would be concerned about as well, you know, like we could end up sneaking through to the third place or even maybe even getting to the championship game if if we get like Chet and J-Dub and Cade Cunningham and some of these other younger players um, playing. So again, it's just, I don't know. Team Canada, real. I really like Team Canada, and and the thing is, is that everybody's sleeping on Team Canada. Everybody is like they're all focused elsewhere, and I. That's why for me, if I'm Team Canada, I'm like, hey guys, this is the year that we stamp it. This is the year that we make ourselves known. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Uncast, um, is Minnesota even going to make it to the playoffs this coming year? Um, I would Don't say sleep so. on Serbia. I would say there's a good chance they find themselves in a similar spot that they were this year. Although I think around 40 games, the Pelicans who people felt like we're going to take a step up and then, you know, got knocked out by us and the play. in. so you don't know, 
You don't know. It's, I dude, think it's all about injury, man. It's all about yeah. the usage. It's all about these players. Like if if these guys can come out and they can put up 50 wins this next year, which I think there's going to be four teams, maybe five teams that win 50 games in the West this year. Because there's just too many teams that are that are going to be not trying to win or resetting, you know? Um, and I, I think there's going to be teams like the Utah Jazz that aren't settled on some of the players they have right now and that will take, you know, a couple of first-round draft picks for this player or that player still, you know? So I think there's teams like that that will be able to some boom. You know, I think San Antonio's at the bottom of the barrel. I think, you know, Utah Jazz is a question mark. I think the Pelicans are a question mark because if they trade Zion, then what are you going to do? I, to me, there's so Keep many teams. Good basketball, even without Zion. <laughs> Dude, I think there's 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 a lot of teams that are going to be under 35 wins this year in the West, and because of that, it's going to allow the, a lot of the West teams to get 50 wins, and that's what's exciting to me. Like, we're not even talking about so many different question marks. Like, what happens if Ant gets injured? <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, then they just suck. You know, like that's my point is that Minnesota is one injury away from being on the bottom of the barrel, you know, and you've got, you've got Pelicans, another one, uh, one player away from being bottom of the barrel. And then you've got, you know, San Antonio Spurs are obviously there. And who am I? I'm, I'm forgetting another West team that just sucks this year, uh, this last year. Um, fuck man. I'm mine today. The dude. Rockets. Um, but yeah, dude, you got Houston and Portland. And San Antonio are all teams that I think are just going to suck this year. I think you have in the middle group, you've got Utah, Dallas, Pelicans, and Minnesota, right? Okay, that's the question mark group. Like, which of those you know teams are going to be able to pull their um, heads out of the ass? And then you've got the old group, uh, Lakers, Golden State, Clippers, Phoenix, and Denver. You've got Memphis and Sacramento as your young group that's above the rest at this moment. Um, so you've got 53 for Denver, 51 for Memphis, Sacramento 48, and Phoenix 45. I think those four next year will be around 50 wins each. Not not those, those teams, but I'm saying the top four teams in the West will be around 50 wins. And I can say that without, you know, question, Cleveland Cavaliers, the fourth team in the East, 51. Uh, Philadelphia, 54, uh, Boston, 57, and Milwaukee, 58. So just look across the East. That's what I think it will be like in the West next year. Um, could even be the fifth or even sixth seed, seed close to 50 wins as well. So um, it's going to be crazy, man. I, I really do think that there's going to be teams that are going to be like, I we don't want to win. And if you look at it, there's four. Uh, there's five teams that aren't going to make the playoffs in the West. Okay, so if you take those five teams and they don't even win, you know, 35 games and then you put the Pelicans, which wins, let's just say be nice and wins like 38 games and they make the playoffs. I mean, that just tells you, you know, the state of what everybody's trying so badly to do is reset without looking horrible for two years like the Thunder, which doesn't work. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. You got to you got to take the shit and you got to throw it in. And hopefully you can get a player from a trade that is as good as, you know, a star-like player that you can build around like Shea or like Victor. You know, like you can start your build around those players, but they they are not, you know, players that um, you're going to necessarily get and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're ready to compete. They're players that you say like Shea, 
this guy is going to be good in two or three years, you know? And that's what we believed. I mean, we believed that he was going to be MVP caliber in two or three years when, you know, second year that we saw 35 games from him from the Thunder. And he shot like an insane amount. We, Mark and I were like, he's going to be MVP caliber in two or three years. It's going to happen. You know, like we knew it. That's where we're at, man. Here we go. Here we go. We got a call in. Smitsta. I want to ask you real quick. No, Dave, as we do this, um, he says he would take Giddy over Cade in a redraft. How do you feel about that? What's up, Unc? All right. So you said you would take Giddy over. What's up, man? All right. So Giddy over Cade in a redraft. Um, okay. So here's the thing. I think Giddy is going to have um, more games played throughout his career just because his body is going to be able to handle the um, um, abuse in the NBA more. Um, I do think that uh, he is going to have more triple doubles in his life. I think he's going to have more rebounds in his career. And I think you have more assists in his career, but I don't think he's going to have more points. And I think that's the thing that you have to look at is where does that value come on in points? Do you think that Cade Cunningham will have, you know, um, a couple of um, seasons where he has like 27, 28, 29 points? Sure. But are those seasons going to be, you know, outdone by Josh Giddy's triple double seasons that he's, inevitably going to have. I mean, that's where I look at and I say, if I'm drafting Cade as if right now, or if I'm drafting one point guard right now, like I, I would have a hard time going Josh Giddy over Cade. And this is just out of respect for, you know, where Cade's at, but you're talking, if I'm doing, which I draft as Thunder fan, I draft for five, 10, 15 years down the road. Right. I'm picking Josh Giddy for that because his longevity of his career is going to be much, much more um, elite when I when I when I look at Cade, who probably is going to miss three to four seasons throughout the next you know ten years. We hope not. We hope not. I so, mean, I, Unk, what's up, buddy? You said that the preseason schedule's out. Okay. Ooh. All right. On the 9th of October. Is that right? Done. Oh, well, circle that date. That's a couple months away now. We're going to get some shit talking on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that so does happen sometimes. Yeah. Let's go to the, let's go to the East on this. So when you have four teams that make it uh, to 50 games, um, they have Indiana, Washington with 35 wins each, uh, Orlando 34, Charlotte 27, or yeah, 27, and Detroit 17. I think the West will look very similar to that. I think the bottom four teams will all have or five teams will all have under 35 wins. And and I think you know it's just it's just the way the, the 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 league's going. And I think Toronto had forty one, and Chicago had forty. Um, we had forty um, Pelicans, and Minnesota have forty two wins. So if you look at it like that, I I think that there's going to be something to be said here. I I don't know where the line's going to be at, where thirty lines are at, but I do I, I do think that we're going to have three, four, even five teams with 50 wins. And it's just because 
people are going to recognize that the new game doesn't fit their game. And if I was the Pelicans, I'd be trading. I mean, I'd be trading all my guys right now because it doesn't fit the new system. And when you when you set reset like that, your teams just go boom. And I could just see a lot of teams get to like 24 wins and be like, I don't want to win any more wins. You know, I want to reset because this year, decent draft. Next year, you've got the opportunity of some pretty good players. And then the year after, you've got uh, that one player from Maine, you know, um, Cooper, right? Yeah. Leg, right? And that's my point. If you look at that, if you're starting your rebuild, you want to start your rebuild uh, two to three years before the big draft comes. And that draft right there is my um, opinion is something you're circling. So a lot of these teams like the Pelicans and like uh, Minnesota could even be like in that position if they get injuries is like we need to reset. We need to trade some of our players and reset for this next uh, wave of players coming. So um, do you think um, Giddy is going to take a step back in scoring? That seems to be like two people think Giddy and Shea might take a step back while some other players step up. How do you feel about that? 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. It's true. Yeah. Team first type mentality. Um, I shared in the chat a link um, for the um, Team USA versus the select team that I just watched oh, yeah. this morning. The video, um, yeah. I, you get to see Chet come in off the bench and play some minutes. Um, I thought he looked really good defensively, um, although, you know, whatever. And then they threw a nice – there was a nice alley-oop where he got a dunk or laid it in. Um, really good elements from Chet. Obviously, J-Dub looked very, very good out there. It's so strong, bro. The, so the, strong. The one, the one thing that you sent me that I watched was, like, him so just bodying and up. strength. Yeah. And – he was guarding Brandon Ingram from the tip. So you can kind of see how they're kind of seeing his game. I think that's really a fascinating uh, matchup for him. And I think it's really positive to see maybe how the team could use him going forward because like he did have that matchup last year, I think sometimes, but it wasn't necessarily a favorable one for him. Sure. This year, I think it will be favorable. And if you can move Dort off of BI, because BI can just do whatever he wants on Dort. It seems like even if Dort plays his best, yeah. Ingram can just shoot right over top and you move J dub on him, you know, it's gonna make him uncomfortable. Sure. So our depth is very, very exciting. Our not not just on offense, but on defense, man. I agree. 
it was on YouTube. It was on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just a scrimmage, but I put it in the chat just now. I put a link in there. If you see that there. Um, yeah, like it's right beneath your message, but um, it, I think there's a lot to learn from it, a lot to learn from what's going on with the A team and then the select team. I think the A team is a complete clusterfuck. Yeah. I think the select team has yeah. a real great chance. I think Chet and J-Dub are a big part of that. Sure. Um, I like Keegan Murray. I like a couple of guys on the A team like we talked about. But yeah, like like Jared's saying, Dub looks smooth. He also looks like he's not trying because, you know, he, this is not he's just, his. He likes, to, he likes to get comfortable with people before he like like shines. You know, it's going to take him a little while. Yeah. So we're all looking forward to that together. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up right here. Um, we appreciate everybody joining us. Unc, yeah, guys. Glad to have you here. We're going to make sure it gets uploaded before we say goodbye. Yeah. But we love you guys, and we will Talk see you on Monday. All right, guys. Take it easy.